Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate, Mate Reckons. Reckons, the show where we teach you and each other about whatever you want to know about. About whatever things you're curious about. Uh, sex and language this week, mildly. Yes, we talk a lot about gender, the gender binary, um, patriarchy. But we also talk about ponies. Yeah, we do. And how painful my relationship is with Claire. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a standard week. Standard week here. <laughs> at this point <laughs> it would be great if i could sing the theme tune to my little pony to open the episode but oh, i don't i don't know the theme tune to my neither little pony do i either. i didn't research enough or even saddle club did you watch i was too old for saddle club saddle club was one of those things like the babysitter club mm. say hello to your friends babysitters club i remember that there you go i this is a story about sadness and patriarchy. Are you ready? I was into Babysitter's Club. Babysitter's Club was one of the things that got me into reading. They were fucking great books. As a young boy. But because I, I was them. a boy, I had to read them in secret. And when people, oh, when kids at primary school out figured they out, they called me a faggot and I stopped reading them. I was also... David. I know. Sadness and patriarchy. There it is. And I was kind of interested in adjacent properties like... Saddle Club, like I think those sorts of things I could have gotten into, but I never did because I had a penis. So there you go. So great start to the episode. But you wanted to talk about bronies in particular. (laughs) I have been wanting to know about bronies for a long time. And finally we are here. We're here. And I feel excited. All I know about bronies is the Bob's Burger episode that they do on... On men who like to dress up as horses and they love um, collecting horse dolls. Well, it's really. I think you will like. There was a lot. There's a lot of juicy bits here to get as I researched. <laughs> so my mate reckons is the gift, <laughs> the gift. to our internet browser algorithm. <laughs> um, bronies are male fans of My Little Pony. Friendship is Magic television show. That's it. That's it. That's the definition. That's it's not definition. sexual. No, it's not sexual at all. Oh, you thought it was sexual. I thought it was sexual. Culture has... There was a peak moment for both the series and the brony fandom. There was like 2012, 2014, where they appeared <laughs> in a lot of culture, satirically. And it was... Um, and, and the most common satire against them... Rather like other boys in the playground calling me a faggot for reading Babysitter's Club, was that it was sexualized? Was that uh, it must be a fetish? It, it must, must be, be a fetish. fetish. It must be a weird gay thing or a weird something. But it's that not. It's a kink like furry, but we even know that yeah. furries aren't necessarily We've sexual. Done a whole episode on furries. So there's so shame on you for for sexualizing for sex, sexualizing passion. But also, um, you know it. it it says something about where masculine masculinity is and gender are constructs so are fucking weird. They're so fucked. Um, and so, but 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 there's been researchers, like social, honest to god researchers, who have gone in and looked at the fandom of, and particularly the male fandom of My My Little Pony, and there's no higher 
Like, there's a couple of people who are getting off on it, and it's their weird fetish at a la the fairy kingdom. But it's got no higher spike than any other kink. Kink. Yeah. The brony fandom is like the My Little Pony fandom overall, in that they are a fandom that just, honest to God... Love My Little Pony. Love it. Love it. I love this. But specifically, the friendship is magic. So let me tell you the story of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. There's this woman called Lauren <laughs> da, 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 Faust. Okay. And Lauren Faust grew up in the 80s, like so many of us, in which the My Little Pony toys were still around. Yes. They're yeah, cre- I had a couple of My Little Ponies. They're created by Hasbro, the major toy manufacturer. And like um, she was obsessed with these toys... And like many Hasbro properties, like Barbie, and a, in order to sell toys, they will often create television shows that mm. create whole stories about, right? Yeah. Lauren can remember... Capitalism, capitalism, capitalism. Capitalism, capitalism, Lauren can remember watching the My Little Pony show, mm-hmm. <clears throat> pardon me, from the 80s, and genuinely being pissed off at it because it was very shallow. Yeah. And it was... And as she grew up and started to become interested in animation and writing... She found that there was a lot of shows for like the under eight age group or even the under 12 age group, Mm. critically the age eight to age 12 age group where young people are forming their identities, Mm -hmm. where you would see all kinds of personality tropes in boy characters, but not many personality tropes in female animated (sighs) characters. Again, fucked patriarchal gender constructs. Female, like the cute female cartoon characters, their personality traits are that they're nice and honest and enjoy sharing. Yeah. And, and that's, pink and purple. And like pink, right? And that's it. That's yep. their personality trait. So she really rebelled against this. She had a heart connection to My Little Pony. She, um, she then goes on to create the Powerpuff Girls. Ah. Which was... You know, won Emmys and was yeah. hugely celebrated. And if you've never watched Powerpuff Huge Girls... Huge cultural zeitgeist for it when massive. I... I remember it. I remember it. I remember watching it. Yeah. I think I was maybe just a bit too old to have gotten obsessed with it. But mm. it was like in the zeitgeist. It would be on, on like cheese TV in the morning when yeah. I got ready for school and like that sort of stuff. It was a big moment. And one of the pillars of, the, of that, pardon me, was that those three characters were distinctly different. Yeah. And it was girl power... It was around Spice Girl time. Yeah, true, 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 true. So that happened. And then Hasbro approaches her to create a new My Little Pony show. Oh, my God. There have been, in total... Synchronicities, David. Synchronicities. put something out into the universe. There have been, to date, four generations of, like, My Little Pony TV shows. Lauren creates number four. Right. Um, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. And it is the one, it only starts in 2010, or something like that, 2011 maybe. Yeah. And one of the key hooks for her was that she was really pissed at shows for girls because they were quite clearly, in her words, it's like, no one fucking cared about them. Yep. It was just a paycheck. There was no depth of story. Yeah. She would go There's and no play character with... character development. No. She would go and play with her My Little Pony dolls and go... And invent her own world as yes. a kid, but it was not the world that was on the but TV she was show. Being given to her because the yeah. TV show was really shallow. 
one of her breakthroughs as a writer was going, well, some of the My Little Ponies are unicorns and it's mm. not just a horse series. This is a fantasy series. So once she was able to start thinking about it as a fantasy series, mm. off it kicked and, and she invented a fantasy world. She created, overnight, she poured into, apparently, the story goes, she had a 40-page, like, Bible document of like this of who is are the these world. horses and this is what it is yeah because my ne- i've watched it with my nephew oh, a yeah. couple of episodes and there's a whole world yeah and huge um and it is fantasy it settles on these six distinct yes. heroes who um i can tell you the plot once i get it up here they live in a magical kingdom correct they um butter 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 but stand by stand by buttercup is that one or was that a powerpuff girl that might have been a powerpuff girl uh it it is most like uh the show friends yeah right in terms of its moral message always at the end friendship wins friendship wins a sense of loyalty and um Friendship is magic because you all, we all have a sense of belonging and a sense of community. Unless you're friends with you, then I don't know if magic would be the word. No, it's not magic, but I you get a lot use. of sharp witticisms to cut you down, Christian. Friendship is sharp witticism. <laughs> Friendship is broadly tolerable <laughs> in an eye-rolly way. Um, I'm looking up what their names are now because I really want to Hang on, know. I've got them here. Oh. So... Let me quote from this article. Once upon a time, in a mythical, magical, distant past, Equestria was ruled by two sister pony princesses. Get it? Equestria? I do, because they're Equestrian. It's clever. One black, one white, hybrids of a supernatural kind, alicorns. Mm. Uh, Celestia, the white princess, was in charge of the sun, and Luna, the black one, controlled the moon. Mm. The sisters reigned harmoniously until Luna began to notice that the ponies of Equestria frolicked and played under her big sister's watch, but under her own, they did nothing but sleep. Uh. Jealousy turned Luna into the monster Nightmare Moon, a villainess who threatened to plunge all of Equestria into perpetual darkness. Yes. To save Equestria, Celestia was forced to take stand against her sister, calling upon her most potent magic. She invoked the mysterious elements of harmony and cast a spell that banished Nightmare Moon to the moon. Fast forward a thousand years to modern day... Cantalot, where Twilight Sparkle, yes, a violet unicorn with magenta highlights, violent, a violet, oh, she's not violent, <laughs> just doesn't take shit down, um, has her nose in some groups. A violent anarchistic. <laughs> she is a nerd of indeterminate age who lives in a towering library with no one for company but a baby dragon named Spike. Mm-hmm. Cantalant, with its spires and fluttering flags and pastel, pastel shrubberies, is as teeming as a campus, but Twilight is oblivious. She's an apprentice in magic to Princess Celestia, and through her she gets tasked with this um, mission to slowly battle the evils of um, Nightmare Moon, and in so doing, in the, in the first episode she gets five mates applejack who represents honesty yep rarity who represents uh generosity fluttershy kindness rainbow dash loyalty she's my favorite rainbow dash well, they're my favorite what because they're non-binary we don't we know think. what they're we don't know what they're gendered pinkie pie la- laughter they're the queerest they have a good queer orange rainbow mullet and rainbow tail so this show goes off Mm. And it's all about belonging and like blah, blah, blah. It's a hit immediately. Lauren has creative differences with the higher-ups, the executives, and she actually leaves after the first season. Fuck. 
But the way fans talk about her, it's like sh- we owe her everything. So she creates the world, creates the Bible, re- and then leaves. defibrillates this franchise for them. They obviously tell her what to do and she says, no. fuck you. And then five or six seasons pass and the show ends. Interestingly enough, um, she tries to get other animation projects off the ground. She apparently has some success with a show I haven't seen that's um, the DC superheroes, Supergirls oh, show, right. okay. which is some version of Supergirl and Wonder Woman and others something hanging out together. Um, and... And that's where she's at at the moment. And she's done like one one kind of spin-off My Little Pony made-for-TV film. The, the big news is that the next generation of My Little Pony is launching on Netflix uh, now. Oh. This year. So entirely new setup and entirely new animation style. Like it's all computer generated. Yeah, and right. Blah, blah, blah. It's all about to hit again. So it's kind of this really unique bit in history, and people are still fans of it, obviously. But as I said, the bank peak of it was 2012 to 2014, and and the group that got the most attention were that it did attract male fans. Mm. When men talk about it, apparently, they talk about it's a great sense of comfort, of lightness, obviously, and and nerdy boys would talk about playing like hardcore video games and then binging My Little Pony before bed as lightness. And because it is a show that celebrates belonging and celebrates community if you're lonely if you're an outcast it has a huge outcalling to that and just like harry potter just like any other wholesome and it's super wholesome just like any other major kind of harry potter has lost its wholesome edge indeed but just like any other kind of mammoth entertainment of course you can go online and there's a huge online community with theories and Mm. because it's a fantasy world it's super rich it has a fandom it has a fandom and the show was smart in that it would send signals to its fandom inside the show so different characters have different subtextual plot lines like the fact that one of the characters is deliberately non-binary like um the fact that there's some kind of homosexuality hinted at in the show uh and they call it the my little pony iceberg because the show is representative of the tip of the iceberg but then there's internet culture and fan fiction like underneath that expands and explores every single aspect of the world and it's massive Mm. but you don't have to identify on the masculine end of a gender spectrum to be a brony can you just be a fan and be a brony a brony is because it speaks to the masculine edge because if you're a female, you're referred to as a Pegasister. A Pegasister. Yes. That's, that's the name of female identifying fans of the show. Male identifying fans of the show are bronies. Wow. So there you go. That's a whole thing. So over the weekend, over the summer, the Christmas break, I'm probably going to sit with my four-year-old and watch a few and episodes of it. And watch the new... Well, I don't know if we'll watch the new... I kind of want to watch the old one now. I think I've put the old one on, the Friendship is Magic one on, and it moves at quite a manic pace. Mm. It is kind of pitched at six and up, or even eight and up. I think I watched the movie with my nephew. Oh, yeah. That Sia plays a character in. Oh, God, talking about unwholesome... Pirates. Yeah, right. And things. And it was good. He enjoyed it. Yeah, right. There you go. I can't remember who his favourite... He has a favourite... Everything comes Only. everything comes back to a sense of belonging and community, which is how the most major fan... I mean, this article that I read from, from The Cut, which was written in 2014, 
compared it to the Parks and Recs of the world, I mean, these days we compare it to Ted Lasso, yeah. where it's like super comforting, super and bright. It just hits a zeitgeist yeah, moment at the right, at the time. right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. uh, and it's basic like introductory fantasy. And also, to her credit, the creator's credit, it obviously speaks to a massive gap in the market that isn't addressed, which is strong female characters in animated like one would like to think that we've gotten better in the last fifteen years, but we yeah. kinda have and we kinda or, or content haven't. for young people that explores or dismantles the gender binary. My daughter is into Barbie, the Barbie mm. T V show. And they've quite clearly in the latest generation or latest iteration of it, there were there were there was obviously one set of animators or one set of content from like I wanna say twenty twelve to twenty eighteen. And if those are on Netflix and if you watch those they're a bit problematic. The, mm. the humor is quite heightened and they've really amped up the idea that she's a doll and that everybody's a doll in this universe and they're all super thin and super kind of unrealistic and she's a bit ditzy. Mm. In this version, they've done their bit. They've given her a, um, a friend with a different body type. Like they've clearly kitted out everybody in a different ethnicity. So she's the... Uh, and she's got little sisters and it's a whole kind of family adventure mm. thing with good morals about trying your best and family's everything and all that sort of stuff. And Ellie's into that. Great. Is there anything that you have watched? Because you're... Because she is very... Sits very much in a femininely beautiful... She loves sparkly female, things and dresses. you know... Yes, energy. Energy. Well, not even a female energy, because what is yeah, that? Yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. What are we... But just a sparkly, sparkly, dressy yeah, Well, energy. I guess we would call it a feminine. Yeah. But if that, doesn't, if that doesn't ascribe to gender. That yeah. ascribes to the energy or the quality. Yeah, that's where she sits. Has there been things that you have watched where you're like, oh, no. Well, there's certain things that... Or movies that you've gone like, this is terrible. Well, we started watching My Little Mermaid. My her grandfather put on My Little Mermaid, and I went. I don't think I can get past this. Like mm. I don't think we can watch this again because the premise of it was she gives up her voice for a yeah. man, and she spends the entire thing in a bra, which is fine, more power to her. But but it, it really is about she's the most beautiful daughter, and the father has complete patriarchal control. And yeah. But, Disney have, for better or worse, tied themselves in knots to more recently, and I think this is possibly, I don't know, it's debatable, there's a lack of clear villains in contemporary Disney films, and all of the princess heroes, the marriage plots are either secondary or not there at all, so Mm. Moana, the Frozen stuff, Zootopia... Um, I fucking love Zootopia. Zootopia is so good, and it's all it's all about empowered women who are on quests, like boys go on quests, and, but but it doesn't end in marriage. There's an allegory about race. Yes, Zootopia is <laughs> an entire. If you haven't seen Zootopia, it's an entire allegory about police brutality. Yeah, it's nuts. It's amazing. It's one of the most politically progressive. Fi- it's the most politically progressive film that Disney has ever yeah, made. I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fantastic so anyway there you go there's my little pony friendship and bronies so you may very well be a brony when you watch this maybe series maybe i think it well but it's it's not exactly to my time i'm a nerd don't get me wrong 
but it's it's the animation. Having watched a little bit, it's kind of I'm trying to compare it to some. I'm, it is just that Powerpuff Girls animation style that like early two thousands, um, very two D, very quick, yeah, very flat, very flat, very quick, bright, um, bright, and uh, a bit manic in energy. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. I thought we were going down a strange. I can't believe you thought it was sexual. I absolutely thought it was sexual. Oh, well, I'm sure some... If you, Claire, if you want to dress up in a pony costume and fuck, then that's <laughs> up to you. Then, then all the power I'm not gonna to stop you. me. Hey, friendship is magic. Friendship is magic. <laughs> Thanks for being my friend, Claire. Thanks for being my friend, David. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this Please on, do. that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your friends me. tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show <laughs> i see what you did there where can people find you claire people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.